seriously popular. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at bluenile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. In January 2023... Constance Martin and her boyfriend, Mark Gordon, disappeared and went on the run with their newborn baby, Victoria. A nationwide search resulted in the sad discovery of Victoria's body, and the pair have now been charged with killing her, which they both deny. I'm Jack Hardy, a news reporter for the Daily Mail. I'll be in court every day, reporting the events as they happen. And I'm broadcaster and journalist Caroline Cheaton. Together, we'll take you behind the headlines, bringing you the evidence, witness statements and testimony from the Old Bailey in London. This is The Trial. Constance Martin and Mark Gordon. So, Caroline, this trial opened yesterday, and in our first episode covering the case, which we released soon after court adjourned last night, we brought you some of the details of what's been alleged against Constance Martin and her partner, Mark Gordon, that they killed their newborn daughter, Victoria, after they went on the run, carrying her around the country in freezing temperatures in a bag for life, wearing nothing more at times than a baby grow. Yeah, we heard that Constance Martin and Mark Gordon met in around 2016 and that their four previous children had been removed from them and taken into care. The prosecution case in this trial, Jack, is that it was the birth of their fifth child, Victoria, that prompted them to go on the run, allegedly leading police on an elaborate chase from Northumberland to Brighton. They hid in tents, in cars, in hotels across Liverpool, Manchester, Cheshire, East Sussex and in Harwich, according to the prosecution. And there was little sign we heard yesterday in court, and we've heard more of this today, of baby Victoria being wrapped up warm. And at times we were also told, as you said there, she was carried around in a little shopping bag. We also heard a bit more about Constance Martin. Now, she is from an aristocratic family, and jurors were told that she was born into wealth and that during the weeks on the run, the couple sometimes took taxis hundreds of miles across the country. At times, those taxis cost hundreds of pounds. But the couple didn't consider, according to the prosecutor in the case, Tom Little KC, spending that money on somewhere warm to stay for their daughter. He said their actions led to her death. He said their behaviour was reckless, utterly selfish, callous, cruel, arrogant and ultimately grossly negligent. We should warn you again that this episode contains allegations of child cruelty. Welcome to episode two, Constance Martin's story. 
So, Jack, we did explain yesterday that we were splitting yesterday's episode in two because of the sheer volume of information that we were hearing at the opening of this trial. And also because Tom Little, who is the lead prosecutor in this case, didn't finish what he wanted to say yesterday. He didn't finish that opening statement. And he's been back on his feet most of today, in fact, all day today, still addressing the jury. So... Let's just start by letting you know that Constance Martin is not in court again today and nor is she following along the live proceedings on any sort of video link, which she is fully entitled to do. Yes, that's right, Caroline. So she's not in court today, um, but we should say that her co-accused, Mark Gordon, is present and in the dock. Yeah, so yesterday we heard a lot about this alleged elaborate game of cat and mouse the couple played over a number of weeks to evade the police before they were eventually arrested in Brighton on the 27th of February last year. Now, the body of Victoria was found two days later in a disused shed on an allotment and the court's been told that she'd been wrapped in a plastic bag and that she was covered in rubbish. Now, today was the point at which we started to hear for the first time what Constance Martin and Mark Gordon had to say about what actually happened to their daughter. Mr Little said initially when they were arrested, they refused to help the police. They refused to answer any questions. But he said that wall of silence broke down once they learnt her body had been found. So we heard that both of them gave interviews separately to the police. Constance Martin first told officers a bit about the baby. She was a girl born on December the 24th, 2022, she said, at an address in Cumbria. She wouldn't elaborate on which address, where that was, what that situation was. But she told them the baby was to be called Victoria. But then Mr Little said her version of what happened to Victoria changed. At first she claimed to police that she died around three days after that car exploded in flames on the M61 up in Bolton that we heard about yesterday. This then changed, though, so that it was between five and seven days later. She initially said the baby died in Harwich, then she changed it to New Haven. Mr Little said, eventually police took Constance Martin through the dates of the car explosion and the hotel stays and at this point she settled on a date of January the 11th as the date of Victoria's death. But the prosecutor told the court Constance Martin was tailoring her account to fit the police's evidence. That is, we say, on the evidence wrong. The car exploded on the 15th of January 2023 but there was a sighting of the baby as late as the 19th of February 2023. The prosecution say that this is a very good example of the second defendant misleading the police. Telling a lie to her own benefit. Telling a lie in an attempt to minimise the amount of time which she and the first defendant were caring for a newborn baby in a tent in midwinter. So then, Jack, Mr Little started reading Constance Martin's own words to the jury based on a transcript of her interviews with the police after her arrest. And this is the first time that we've heard an account from Constance Martin about what she says happened to her daughter. Constance Martin told officers about the days and weeks before Victoria's death. She said the couple had left £2,000 in cash in that car which exploded in flames on the M61 in Bolton back in December and she'd kept the placenta from the birth of her daughter inside a bag because she wanted to bury it. She described her desire to do this as a religious thing and had hoped it might grow into a tree. Yeah, she said she ran away from the scene of that burning car that day because she was worried that the police would arrive and take away her baby. Jury were today shown footage of the car on fire that day, which was filmed by a passerby. 
Here's the audio. Where to, mate? The nearest rest stop. The nearest rest stop? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was in the drive. Yeah, it's back 10 minutes from here. Uh, do you mean these services? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Well, it's not 10 minutes. It's quite a while. It's quite a fair distance, can't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, don't worry, I'm not bothered with that. Just trying to think where you're better off. Now, Constance Martin said the couple's decision to keep moving was motivated by a concern that if they spent more than three days in any particular area, it would give the local authority jurisdiction over their newborn child. So Mr Little told the jury Constance Martin told police the couple's initial plan was to find a flat in East Ham. But as they travelled across the country, they became increasingly spooked by the amount of public attention they were getting. She told the police that the hunt for them was front-page news by this point. It was in Harwich. The next day we were going, walking to the train station, and a guy came up and said, oh, you two are the people from the news. And then we realised that we were both quite shocked by that. We didn't think we were on national television, and that's when things kind of went downhill from there. We planned on finding a flat in East Ham. You know, it's quite easy to find flats. And then, when we got there, everyone seemed to recognise us, jeering and pointing and taking pictures of us. So that's when we decided we're not going to find a flat, because anyone could hand us in to the police. It was then they bought the tent, was what she told the officers. I think we were quite shocked we were on television, and to realise that we might not get anywhere with a baby, because everyone was recognising us. So in order to save her from the services, then we would probably have to remove ourselves from society till we could find a house. Mr Little then said the prosecution disputed her claim that the couple had enough warm clothes for the child. Note the lack of detail about the clothing for the child. They did not have sufficient clothing to look after the baby, even if they were living in a flat, let alone in a tent on the bitterly cold, windy South Downs in January and February. He then showed the jury some CCTV footage of the couple on a high street in East Ham. Now, on the footage, Constance Martin can be seen with the baby beneath her coat. The baby is momentarily visible when she unzips her jacket, wearing, according to Mr Little, the same baby grow, which would later be found with her body in the allotment. It is plainly clear that they had woefully inadequate clothing, but the money to stay in any flat they chose. Now, Constance Martin, Mr Little said, told the officers the items the couple had in their possession since the car explosion. She described having nappies, wet wipes, a change of clothes for the baby, a duvet. She also said they had lots of takeaways with us, such as pizzas and curries. She said that they had left the pram in East London because no taxis would take them. Can that be true? We suggest no. She said she was breastfeeding the baby, but was herself eating very little. A comment, we say, which doesn't sit very well with all of those takeaways. So she then started to explain to the police why they'd gone on the run, and she told them they were camping because they didn't want police or social services to find them. By the time they'd paid for so many taxis, she said, they didn't have much cash left. They didn't want to use her credit card because it would alert police to where they were, and she said they weren't intending to live in the tent for a long time, and they had lots of warm blankets and clothes. 
Obviously, it was difficult because we couldn't access between a rock and a hard place, couldn't access the bank. So yeah, we were trying to figure out what to do in terms of getting a house, accessing money, without the authorities finding out where we were. But Mr Little told the jury... Just pausing there. They did not have lots of blankets and the baby did not have lots of warm clothes, so that was misleading. They were not between a rock and a hard place because the obvious thing to do was not to sleep in a tent. They had options and plenty of them. There were plenty of safe options. Plenty of options that were not dangerous, but they would not take them because of their utter selfishness. The jury was then told of the moment Victoria died and what Constance Martin said about what happened to her. And this is the first time we've heard that Victoria may have been accidentally suffocated. This is what she told the police. I had her in my jacket and I hadn't slept properly in quite a few days and I fell asleep holding her sitting up. And she, when I woke up, she wasn't alive in my jacket. I believe I fell asleep on top of her, but I literally didn't. She didn't make any crying or movement, so... And when I woke up, she wasn't alive. Now, Mr Little told the jury the way in which Constance Martin explained Victoria's death was important. She said she had been crouched over the baby when she woke up. The baby's lips were blue and she was not moving. She told police she tried to resuscitate the baby, but there was no response. She then said she kept the body of Victoria for some time and considered handing herself in, but she said she felt the media attention on them was terrifying. I didn't bury her because I wanted her to have a proper burial, but I couldn't get a proper burial until I had an autopsy. So I've been carrying her around, not knowing what to do, really. I didn't want to bury her in a forest, some random place, because I wanted her to have a proper burial, but also because I was concerned... If an animal might eat her. I don't know if you found there's a bottle of petroleum in the bag. Because I debated whether to cremate her myself, get rid of the evidence. But I decided to keep her. Because I knew at some point in the future I was going to be asked about it. But I just didn't know what to do. Now she went on to tell the police that the night Victoria died was either the first or second night when they stayed in the tent. And she said the weather was cold, but not, she said, freezing cold. Mr Little said Constance Martin then described the discussions that took place about what to do with the baby's body. Constance Martin told the police she wanted to bury her, but realised she wouldn't be able to dig that deep because she hadn't eaten for so long. So instead they carried her in the bag with soil on top of her. The bag became excessively heavy, Constance Martin said, particularly given how little the couple had eaten, meaning they would leave it on occasion in the tent or in the allotment. They did consider handing themselves in, she said, but didn't want to go to prison. Mr Little then told the jury the pair decided at one point to say it was a cop death. He said it showed they had something to hide. Why do that if there was nothing to hide? Why fail to report the death if there was nothing to hide? Why, indeed, not phone 999 at the point they realised she was no longer alive? 
So, Mr Little uh, then explained that the version of events Mark Gordon had given to the police was much the same as what Constance Martin had described. He said she was suffering from a post-traumatic thing, that the baby was well taken care of and nobody could ever have anticipated or looked into the glass and seen that happening. But Mr Little disagreed. Nobody could have anticipated death? Really? This was a newborn baby. It was freezing cold. No help was sought. The risk was blindingly obvious. And as I will explain later, the defendants had been warned of the dangers of living in a tent and sleeping directly with a baby. Anybody who has had a baby knows of the risk of smothering. It is why babies are put in cots. And these defendants had been warned about that. We're going to pause there for a quick break. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. So it was at this point, Jack, that Mr Little took the jurors back in time, back years, in fact, to the birth of the couple's first baby in 2017. Now, this was described by Mr Little to the jury as an important strand of evidence providing context to the events that unfolded in late 2022 and early 2023, which this trial is now focused on. Now, we know that by this time, the first four children of the couple were younger than 10 years old. Now, they're not going to be named in court, but they'll be referred to as Child FF, Child GG, Child HH and Child II. Yes, that's right, Caroline. Now, the prosecutor said that in June 2017, Constance Martin had attended a hospital in London. It was the first time she had appeared, having not previously sought any antenatal care. She told the hospital that she'd been living in a camper van nearby. A few months later, social services issued a national hospital alert. Now, this is an alert instigated by the NHS when they suspect a pregnant woman requires protection or support. 
Yeah, so it was in the winter of that same year that Constance Martin went into hospital in Wales in the early stages of labour. And at that point, she was with Mark Gordon. But according to Mr Little, they gave false names and Constance Martin spoke with a fake Irish accent while she was in hospital. She also told the staff there that she was from the travelling community. Her accent is very far apart from any traveller Irish accent. Now, the court went on to hear that Constance Martin had told staff she was no longer in a relationship with the father of the baby and her family had disapproved of the child being born out of wedlock. Now, she said Mark Gordon, who had given the name James Aymer, was not the father of the child, but a friend. She gave birth with the assumed identity of Isabella O'Brien and even used an Irish accent throughout. You may think this is an instructive bit of history all trying to hide and distance herself and themselves from the authorities. Now, social services eventually identified who the couple were, and Constance Martin told social workers that Mark Gordon had been evicted from their flat in London and they'd since lived in a camper van. They'd accumulated thousands of pounds worth of fines on the camper van, she told them, which she'd asked her family to pay off, but they had refused. So she said she thought that if they posed as travellers, they'd be more likely to get social housing. Now, at one point, Mr Little told the jury, a social worker came to see the tent in which the couple had been living. The social worker noted it was a festival-style tent, not the sort suitable for sleeping during cold weather. It was bowed under the weight of rainwater and smelled stale. Inside were bin bags stuffed with clothes, and there were bottles of urine at the entrance. I am sure that it is obvious to you why you are hearing about this background evidence. It not only involves a series of lies and deceptions told by the second defendant, but, importantly, is part of a body of evidence that the defendants were warned of the very dangers and difficulties that their conduct in early 2023 created an obvious risk of death. So Mr Little then told the jury that the first child, FF, was given a temporary placement along with Constance Martin. He said the foster carers expressed concerns in the weeks that followed about Constance Martin falling asleep with the baby on her. Now, she was told repeatedly by professionals that falling asleep with the baby posed significant risks due to the potential of a number of issues, but significantly suffocation and overheating. So jurors were then told about other interactions the couple had had with social services. In January 2020, a local authority started care proceedings in relation to children FF, GG and HH. Now, during the course of those proceedings, child II was born and an emergency protection order was made and a separation order made in June 2020 because both the defendants refused a placement in a residential unit. Mr Little also explained to the jury about an incident when Constance Martin discharged herself from hospital shortly after the birth of child II in 2021 and allegedly left the baby at the hospital. You are hearing about these matters because they are all matters that the defendants were aware of in December 2022, January 2023 and February 2023. And they acted in exactly the same dangerous and selfish way then as they had done before, except this time with fatal consequences. Jurors were told that on January 28, 2022, care and placement orders were made in respect of all four children. The prosecutor said it would have been apparent to both defendants that any further children would be taken into care. 
Mr Little said it would be difficult to understand the events that followed between December 2022 and February 2023 without this explanatory evidence from social services. It reveals why the defendants went on the run and were willing to act in such an obviously dangerous way. And it establishes that the defendants were repeatedly warned about their approach to parenting and baby care, all of which was ignored by them at the material time that you are considering. Mr Little then concluded his opening statement by taking the jury through the charges. The first charge, concealing the birth of a child, he said, was supported by the fact the couple told nobody, did not register the birth as required by law, and the absence of antenatal or postnatal checks. Hiding the body in the little bag in a locked shed while it decomposed also supported the charge, he said. On count two, child cruelty, he said the defendants had to be shown to be deliberately knowing that there was a risk to the child from their own actions. The points he highlighted to support this included the exposure to the elements, the cold, the wind and the rain. When it came to the third count, causing the death of the child, Mr Little said the jury could treat Constance Martin's explanations about the baby's death with a heavy degree of scepticism and described her account as vague at best. She could not have known the cause of death, Mr Little said, because she'd been asleep at the time. Concealing the baby's body in the shed, he said, was to hide the evidence of the cause of death. He said that Constance Martin's claim that the baby was born on Christmas Eve did not square with evidence from the breakdown company employee who said he saw no sign of the baby when he collected their car on December 28th. Even if the baby had died from co-sleeping, he said, the couple knew this would be a significant risk because they had previously been warned about it repeatedly. By the time of their arrest, the defendants were filthy, exhausted and starving. They were plainly in no position to look after a child, and this would have been obvious to them. He said the fourth charge of manslaughter required the prosecution to prove the negligence was gross. The gross negligence was sustained, and the conduct was so obviously dangerous. And it is, we say, a paradigm example of gross negligence in action. What took place on the South Downs was done in the teeth of those warnings by social workers and the courts. And at a time when the defendants knew perfectly well that other children had been removed from their care. Finally, the fifth charge of perverting the course of justice, he said, was supported by evidence including the concealment of the baby's body. In short, they prioritised their own relationship and their own desires over the safety and well-being of their own baby. That is why, we suggest, it can be properly said that this negligence was truly exceptionally bad. So that concluded the opening statement from Tom Little KC. And it was then the turn of the barrister for Mark Gordon, John Femiola KC. And he was granted the opportunity at this stage by the judge to make a short opening statement for his client. He told the jurors that the prosecution's case that the baby was kept alive for more than a month in the wild was undermined by the fact that Constance Martin was seen on CCTV buying petrol on January the 12th. Yes, that's right. Constance Martin, you'll remember, told police she'd bought the petrol because she was considering cremating baby Victoria's body. Now, Mr Femiola asked why it was that the prosecution had to make such an assertion that baby Victoria died after January the 12th. He questioned whether it was to allow the prosecution to make the comment that the baby was carried in a bag for life as late as the middle of February. 
He urged jurors to separate what he described as muddled thinking from the evidence they'll find in front of them. He also argued that the counts of concealing the birth and perverting the course of justice were undermined by Constance Martin's claims that she was trying everything she could to preserve the remains for a post-mortem examination. And he said that the cause of death or lack thereof found by the pathologist was entirely consistent with the explanation Constance Martin gave as to how Victoria died. Now, the lawyers for Constance Martin chose not to give their own opening statement to the jury, as is entirely their right. Yeah, but of course we will be hearing from them as this trial goes on. Um, the, what happens next, Jack, of course, is this is the opening statement from the prosecutor. This is not classed as evidence. He's outlining what he's going to be showing to them, what he's going to be telling them. But he's not yet got into the evidence. That's going to happen next week. Yep, that's right. We're going to be hearing from uh, all sorts of people that saw the couple as they travelled across the country and the jurors are actually going to be shown longer versions of snippets that they've already seen of CCTV and even kind of witness videos of uh, events that unfolded as they made their journey across the country. And of course, we should um, end the episode by just reminding you that both the defendants in this case deny all the charges. So that's it for episode two of the trial of Constance Martin and Mark Gordon. We'll be back next week with more evidence from the court. In the meantime, you can follow us on X at The Trial Podcast or contact us on email, thetrial at mailmetromedia.co.uk. You can also leave a comment on Spotify or even send us a voice note on WhatsApp on 07796 657512. Start your message with the word trial. See you then. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Our hit series, Everything I Know About Me, is back for a brand new season. And this time, our guest needs no introduction. Of course you find me, Darren! But here's one anyway. Hi, I'm Gemma Collins, and this is everything I know about me. If you think you know all about Gemma Collins, think again. Because this is the GC as you've never heard her before. It's been exhausting. And ashamed. And I was really heartbroken because I was pregnant and he was having an affair. Unfiltered. I have had an operation as well years ago. I have a designer vagina. Yeah, baby. I don't have camel toe. Unbelievable. And then they advised me, you need to have a termination. And, uh, yeah... I remember that being really stressful. Everything I know about me with Gemma Collins is out this Thursday wherever you get your podcasts.